I want to introduce Dale this morning and uh, love this man. And, and, and I love him as a friend, as a person, as a spiritual father mentor uh, to me and to us. Uh, but I've come to understand something about Dale that I don't know if he's ever really recognized in himself. Um, Dale has a Hebraic mindset. He doesn't have the Greek mindset that references back to academia to get his knowledge and wisdom. You know, when you have a Greek mindset, you're limited to the accumulated knowledge and wisdom of man. Dale, he loves to call it stepping into a prophetic word by faith, but that's really a Hebraic process of starting with something and letting the Lord download more as you go. That's really how the Hebraic mindset works. And he's such an incredible example of that because he'll step out into something and he'll start with something, and then there's more added to it, more added to it, more added to it. And there's the, the download that he receives. And I think that's how he writes his books as well. He just starts, and God continues to download. And there's no limit when you're downloading out of heaven's resources of knowledge and wisdom like there is if you're drawing on academic knowledge. I'm not saying academic knowledge is not a good thing when I say that. I'm saying it's limited. And, and, uh, and it's easily corrupted. As, as we see in our nation today. But when you uh, receive your knowledge and wisdom as a download from the Lord, it's amazing. And, uh, and Dale, this morning I saw, uh, I, I saw a group of, of prophets gathering around you. They weren't highly organized. They weren't spit-polished uh, and, and, and professional. Uh, some of them, I mean, they were from all different walks of life, it looked like. Some of them were were dressed up, and some of them looked like country bumpkins, and just as like they just come out of the wilderness. Some of them, and 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 I I don't think they were highly organized, but it's something that you begin to recognize that God has called you to raise up a company of prophets, and as you were pouring into them, I saw them becoming so powerful and such a significant force because they colored outside the lines of traditional professional prophetic ministry as many people have tried to develop them. And, and, and they became powerful, like uh, Elijah's coming out of the wilderness, kind of uh, uh, John the Baptist coming out of the wilderness type prophets, uh, because they were released into, into levels of freedom that was unusual, that's unusual in prophetic ministry. Uh, and yet under a father's authority and discipline, and they became powerful. And so I just want to bless you with that. And, uh, and I just, I don't know, I don't know how that's going to look. Uh, but, I, but I'd see, as you begin to recognize it, I think something significant is going to happen, that you really are going to become a father to a company of prophets. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Dale is, uh, has been on Sid Roth's uh, It's Supernatural. Uh, he's been on, no, on numerous different shows. He's, he's, uh, uh, the Lord has used him to prophesy to leaders he travels all over the country and even to, and to other nations. He's an author of numerous books uh, that are on the back uh, table there. And, uh, and his books have been translated into multiple languages. Uh, we love this guy. He's got such a father's heart. He never came uh, here uh, to minister to us because of something he could receive. He always came to give. And I love his heart because he's such a giver. And he just comes to pour himself out. And so Dale... 
uh, and his wonderful wife, Luann. We love you guys. Uh, come share what God's put on your heart for us this morning. Amen. Well, uh, I believe that God's building something in his church. And I've talked about it out of Amos and Acts. God said he would restore the tabernacle of David. So one of the things that I plan to do is if God's going to restore the tabernacle of David, that means God's going to have to raise up Davids that go after his heart like David. You have to understand, I said it before, it's not that David had the heart of God, it's that he went after God's heart. A lot of time in the church we try to change our heart, but that's the wrong place to start. We have to just go after his heart, and that changes our heart. To the point that Gabriel said to Mary, talking about Jesus, a child you shall birth shall receive the throne of David. Now, this is very interesting. Why, would the, why wouldn't the angel say it's going to receive the throne of God? The throne of David. And so if the tabernacle of David is being restored, that means God needs the throne of Uri. God needs the throne of... In other words, he, he wants to set on your throne of authority because he can't do what he just wants to do he has to do what you believe. You, I know some of you don't believe that. But Jesus, when he walked on the earth, in his own hometown, he, heaven's best, could do very few miracles because they said, we know you, we know your mother, your brothers, your sisters, you're just Jesus. And it says he really could only heal, he could not do miracles. Do you realize their lack of honor actually stopped him? If Jesus is not honored in the church, we stop what he wants to do. Now, this is the deal. We say, well, I honor Jesus. If you honor Jesus, but you don't honor who he made you, you still stop him. Am I talking to your heart? See, you say, I believe he's wonderful, but I'm terrible. Then you don't understand what he did for you. Because he said, the works that I do, you shall do greater, which means he was counting us to be part of what he would do. I just got warmed up in 33 years, had to go to the cross, but I'm looking at you and I want to do something greater through you because I'm not done yet. Yeah. See, a lot of times we think, well, that means we're going to do something no greater than Jesus. Yeah, but that's a play on words, but really he wants to do something greater through us than he's done before. Yeah. Because it's still him. Everybody say, it's still him, but it's not without you. Say, it's not without me. Now, this is what most of the church says. I believe everything you said. It's not without Pastor Yuri and Prophet Dale, and we're going to cheer you on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are going to meet people and have opportunities to pray for people I will never meet. God will give you favor with people I'll never have favor with because it's your assignment, not mine. And, and a lot of people have faith that God can do, use certain people, but until it includes you, you've not stepped into him. 
Now, interesting that God made you and me so that we would fit in him and he could fit in us and give the devil a fit (laughs) and give God fame. We call it, I abide in Christ. Christ abides in us. Christ is not the last name of Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. Are you with me? It's not like Schwarzenegger. That was my mother's maiden name. Okay? So what it means is the anointed one. Do you realize when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the anointed, the anointing? And so what Jesus, Jesus the Son, Lord Jesus Christ, and this is the deal, when he becomes Lord and we receive him as the Son of the living God, making Lord of our life, the anointing starts to peak. Now, how many of you know it's easy to be saved, but it's hard to make him Lord of everything? So that's why we still need the mercy of God. But the, 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 under the anointing and the mercy of the blood of Christ, we come into the anointed purpose of our life. Now, once you've been saved from hell, the devil's lost you, but I'm going to tell you, he'll try to beat you up so you don't come into the Christ part of your life, the anointing. Because if you get into the anointing, you're going to destroy his kingdom, you're going to set more people free, and you're going to give him a headache from heaven. Now, how many of you know the devil's giving you a headache? It's your time to give him one. (laughs) I will just tell you this. There is a glory that's coming on the church that's going to make us fall down and worship at another whole level. And say, Lord, we knew you were good, but I didn't know you could be that good through me. See, that's the amazing grace. It's not that God uses me, but he starts using you. That you start laying hands on people and they start feeling the presence of God. I I remember one time that that I just, I I witnessed to this guy and I knew, uh, I knew that he was in a homosexual uh, stronghold. And I ministered a word of knowledge about his past. And as I talked to him, he literally began to shake where the picture he was holding started shaking in his hand. There's many things I could say, but what he told me, when he came back to my table 15 minutes later, he said that there's something that came over me when you spoke to me and it won't leave me, it's still on me. And the Lord said, my words are spirit and they are life. And Dale, you're not just giving information, but when you prophesy and speak to people, you're releasing my anointing and it's working something besides just the information you prophesy because Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. That is not all Christian flesh. That is, that's the part of the flesh that a Christian has, but it's also part of the flesh of those who do not even have Jesus. This man was shaking under the power of God because I was willing to do what God asked me to do. I want to say to you, you have the keys to the kingdom. And if you'll use what you have, if you'll start with what you have, God will give you what you don't have. What did God say to Gideon? Go in the strength you have. It's not much because you're asking, where are you? And and where, why haven't you done anything? 
And God said, well, there is a little issue. Your father has an altar to Baal right in front of his house. You've been walking by the rest all of your life. I'd like you to go down and tear down your father's idol. And then let's get on with this thing. Do you know sometimes you have to face down the idols that your family has built before God can move? I said, well, that's my family. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't tear it down, your family will not get free. Because that is the devil trying to block you. And some of you say, why was I born in a family where there was idols? And God said, because you are the person that's going to change it. I put you in that family so you could break it. You're the Joseph in your family that's going to take that thing down. And if you don't stand up and live free, that the family could actually be caught. You know, your testimony is so powerful. It started with you, but it went right down through the whole family because whenever you forgive, you start a, a spirit. And you know, when you become judgmental and critical, you also start a spirit in the family. What have you started? You know, sometimes we have to shoot things we started. Kill them. Repent. Put it under the blood of the Lamb. So what we're talking about today, I'm going to talk about this. We'll see how it goes. But how many of you know what this is here? Shofar, but this here, when God said to Samuel, he said, quit weeping over Saul, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. Because there's a David out in the field. He don't know it. He's planning on buying fields, raising sheep, but I'm calling to be the king, the next king. He doesn't know what I have planned, but if you pour oil over him, it'll make him think different. Because in his mind, he has no birthright. In my book, uh, if somebody could uh, bring me up my book, uh, and David perceived he was king, I'd like to hold it up. Thank you. But David said in a psalm, he said, I was conceived in sin. What was he saying? He was the son of Jesse's handmaiden. Are you hearing me? In Jewish law, he would have no inheritance. How many of you know that Jesus was born out of wedlock to take our shame? It says he bore our shame. Look in the scriptures. When the Pharisees, we know about you, Jesus. You came before you should have come. In this book, thank you, that I cover this. And, and tonight, one of the things I plan on doing is anointing you with oil, calling forth the David in your life. One of the things the Lord showed me, he said, one of the problems in the church is they don't have a touchstone of the anointing to be called forth. I'm not making you anything. I'm not transferring what I am to you. What I'm doing is I anoint you. I'm not releasing my hand on your life. I'm releasing his hand. Some of your children need to get the oil of David on their life before the devil pours his oil on top of them. In this book, and and I'm going to give out some of these books tonight free because I want to sow in to your life. You can also buy them and sow into other people. But I'm going to tell you this. It changed my life to write this book. And this book is about David. It's about me. But in the end, it's really about you. 
Because God is still looking for the Davids that will fill a tabernacle. And I believe this, this is where Israel and the church will meet. It's a prophecy in Amos, Old Testament. It's a prophecy in the book of Acts. It's the place where Israel and the church will come together in the tabernacle of David. And until the church gets the glory in the, in, in the worship, we will not bring Israel into the glory. And there's coming a fresh oil and a fresh fire on your worship. And I believe this, at Freedom Church, God is putting literally an anointing on this house to break through religious structures. And God has brought a lot of you out of things to make him the main thing. Because you had so many things before, now you just have him. And he takes care of everything else. Do you know that as, as I'm, my purpose in this weekend is literally to cause you to have a passion for God that is literally after God like David. And I, one of the reasons I want to do that tonight is anoint you is I want to affect your passion level for God. I want the oil, and I'm not going to pour a lot over your head. What I'm going to do, if literally, if I had to prophesy and, and, and anoint you, I'm going to carry this horn. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. But I'm just going to say one prayer, and I'm going to have you kneel before the Lord because you're not before me. I'm going to say one prayer. I'll go around, and all of you I can actually cover in less than 20 minutes. Saying one prayer, you listen to it, you close your eyes, get before God. I am not the factor. This is between you and him. This is about his call on your life. This is about your purpose. I believe one of the reasons the spirit of Saul could not stop David was there was an anointing on him. And I want you to hear this. He was not anointed one time. He was anointed three times by Samuel. Then at literally Hebron, Judah anointed him. Then all of Israel came and anointed him. And it says everything is established in two or three witnesses. A lot of times we only have one in the church, one thing. We, well, I gave my heart back to God. And, and, but we, I felt like God said, you need to pull this out of the Old Testament and bring it into the new to help people become like David. It's the oil of the Holy Spirit, but it's a prophetic picture to help fix in your mind what is in the mind of God. That's why Jesus would teach in parables. He'd try to give people truth in ways that they could understand. Now, I just want to share very short, and then I want to minister some, because, uh, you know, between the last time I saw you and now, I, I had a dream, and in this dream, I was at, and I feel this, how many of you know a prophet's life is a, a prophetic picture? For the body of Christ. So I have to live through things to, to help you live in the thing. So I, I have a dream that I'm in this room and I'm looking for the mantle for my new season. Because I just turned, I knew I was going to turn 70 and something was going to shift. In it, in the dream, I'm looking around at all these folded mantles on tables that are under 9-11 dust. You know that concrete that came down at 9-11, the dust that covered their faces? It was like three inches thick over all the mantles. And I said, I have to go up to the next level to receive the mantle for my next season. 
Everybody say with me, I have to go up to the next level to receive the mantle for my next season. Now, see, every mantle within a mantle is stuck missions. Your mantle is not just an anointing you feel. Your mantle is a mission that grants you authority, another level of anointing to do things you've never done before, things promised but not yet granted. But now it's being granted. As I went to step in this elevator, I stepped in. There was only one problem, a couple of problems. But as I stepped into it, there was these three different men of God. I recognized them by name. The problem was they are all dead. And when I stepped in the elevator, the door closed behind me. And it wasn't an elevator. It was a tomb. And I saw this orange color and I woke up. My wife said, what's wrong? I said, I just died in a dream. I never die in my dreams. So I had three different meetings lined up, three different weekends. Every time, the first time I stepped into an elevator, it was, they had orange pad because they were doing reconstruction. It reminded me of what I saw in that dream. As soon as I stepped in, I felt something over my neck and my head, I, and I said, I don't feel good. Sunday morning, I'm in the elevator. And my wife said, well, maybe it's a flu or something. I said, I don't know. The next weekend, I'm in Dallas. I go into the week, Sunday morning. I get in the elevator. I'm there the whole weekend, but it hits me when I step in the elevator. And, and as I, I looked at my wife, I said, it's coming back again. There's something not right. The third weekend, I was down at Virginia Beach with Bishop Ann Jimenez. I step in the elevator Sunday morning. It hits me again. And I said, honey, I feel like if I don't see a heart doctor, I'm going to meet Jesus quicker than I need to. And I, I went and talked to Bishop Ann Jimenez, and we'll pray for her later today. She's actually in ICU. And I told her about my heart situation. Do you know how long it takes to see a doctor? I mean, you could die before you get there, you know? It's like, anyway, so she said, listen, Dale, I have a heart doctor appointment tomorrow. How many of you know this is a God setup? His spirit filled, and he, I think he'll do it for you. I said, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I'm, I preach Sunday morning. I'm driving home. And uh, she texts him. And on a Sunday, as I'm driving across the Bay Bridge, she texts, said, he'll see you tomorrow at 1. I went across, turned around, went 24 miles back across that Bay Bridge tunnel. And I stood there. He put me in front of people. And make a long story short, within, he set up an appointment 48 hours, he went in. Where do they go? They go through your, what is, your wrist. That, op, that, that, whatever that is. Catheterization. And, you know, he, this is what he said to me. He said, uh, now, just before I do this, because he, now, listen, he had left the prestigious practice where he had operated on people to high level to have his own private and, and, you know, I was so happy to know that because a doctor that could be operating on you could have passed with a B minus. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he was a top. And he said, I have my own practice. Actually, as I talked to him, he got so excited about my David book that he talked to me a half an hour while people were piling up in the waiting office. And the nurse came. He said, I'm, I just want to talk to this man. So he sets me up. He said, now, Dale, I need you to know this. When you do this, this thing, the process you just said, 
Uh, one out of a thousand can die just because you do that. And, and when I go to put, do the catheterization, one out of a hundred can die. All of a sudden, I'm like speaking in tongues. You know, it's like, I mean, I, I mean, you know, that's really good odds, but I didn't even know there were any odds involved, I, you know. So I, I was praying. He went in, and what he found was this. He said, I cannot know. You've passed all the tests, but I can't know unless I go inside and look. And he said, when he went inside, every artery was open, but right beneath the back of my heart, where it went down, there was a, a little, right below the widow's maker, your heart's right here, the, if the widow maker's right here, but right here in the splint, mine was right beneath where it divided, so it had a little bit of out, outlet, 95% blocked. And he said, Dale, if you'd not come to see me, things could have been different. Now, how many of you know God knows how to save you? He spoke to me in a dream. He aligns me with a person seeing their heart doctor on a Monday. And I am in there, and in 48 hours, he opened up. And this is what the Lord said to me. I said, God, what's this all about? He said, first of all, this next season that you're going to receive the next mantle, your life, I'm gifting it back to you. You're on heaven's time now, not on your time. I want to say this to you. You're on heaven's time. You're not, you're not on your time. And I said, Lord, what else? He said, all of your arteries are wide open. It's just that one was 95% blocked in the back of your heart. And this is what I heard the Lord say. I want you, Dale, to get things that are in the back of the church's heart that is 95% blocked. The devil's trying to take them out with a hurt, a wound, a situation. I want you to put a stent of my glory and grace in so that something from the past doesn't take them out of the future. And what God is doing, he's opening up the blood flow through our life where we get the mercy of God over situations that allows us to live at another dimension. So I want, you just to, I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to think about something in the past that would stop the blood flow of your life and just think about it for a minute and just say to Jesus, say, Jesus, open up my heart where the enemy tries to close it down through bitterness, hurt, disappointment, Only Jesus can do this, but he does it well. So, Lord, I thank you right now that you're opening up people's hearts right now in Jesus' name. That, Lord, it's going to allow us to live unhindered. Now, I want to go back to this. And when I came out, he said, Dale, everything is fine. You're ready to go. He said, if you had not put, if I had not put this in, you probably would have suffered a heart attack, which would have actually caused you to need a bypass and it would have damaged your heart muscle, but you have no heart damage. And I say this, no heart damage 
in the name of Jesus because you're letting him put in this in your heart. And you know what's interesting? This was done in Virginia, and I live in Delaware, but Virginia is for lovers, and they have that big heart. See, everything is prophetic, isn't it?